This is, this is the In the Black Podcast. Got it. Yeah, man. Life has been a fucking, uh, you know what? I, I appreciate, first off, I appreciate you as, as a friend and as a brother, man, who, uh, has consistently checked on me and checked me uh, in this time, man, of uh, transition. Uh, knowing that I'm someone who consistently will do all of the things for everybody. Uh, you've been great and gracious in checking in with me. Shout out to your wife for putting you up to it. Uh, <laughs> so... <laughs> Strong there was no way. Need friends too, my guy. Yeah, strong friend needs strong, uh, friends, strong friends with strong wives. So I appreciate your wife from for you know. You know I learned that book. shit from you. I gotta give you that. I learned that. I, shit know, from I dig you. it. I dig it. And I said it not to cut you off, but I I learned it from you, and then I spread it on to my to my family because my I'm the oldest of five, but the oldest girl is just like me, very okay. independent. If she unless she says something, and even when she says something, I'm like. Eh, she got it. She independent. She don't need no help. But learning, strong friends need friends too, my guy. Need strong friends, I should say. Yeah. So the past couple of weeks, man, have been uh, deeply transitional in a lot of ways. Um, you know, I, I work a full time job that is taxing as fuck. Uh, then I go to school twice a week, two nights a week, pursuing my master's. So that's taxing. I'm still deeply ingrained in the organizing in the community. So that's taxing. So all of that's taking place in the midst of a fucking divorce. So <laughs> what I'm trying to make sure is that I don't fall into habits that I had solidified in my late 20s and early 30s, right? That when I was stressed out and when I was frustrated, I'm going to the bar. I'm going to find whatever set of thick thighs that I can slide into to appease whatever I'm feeling, you know, that I would isolate myself, that I would not have any contact with folk unless they called me. So I've been really diligent in doing that. And I thought I had it kind of managed pretty well, but then life started happening. Like on Monday, will be the 26th anniversary of my brother Your being brother. murdered, yeah. right? So this week, that shit started hitting me. And I was like, damn, I haven't had a therapy session in a minute. Mm. I was like, oh, you shit. You changed therapist or you just been lax with it? I was lax with it because I was in a pretty good space. I was able I to, you know, use the tools that I had in my toolbox. You know, I'm an avid reader. I'm podcast. I'm in conversation. So I thought I was doing pretty good in that space. But then I found myself just in an emotional space, man, where I was like, damn, I could, I was being real selective with things I was doing around the house. Like, I don't, you know, as far as dishes, laundry, and when you got little people, you know what I mean? My kids don't, you know, care. They they want to make sure that they have the fruity pebbles with the marshmallows. So that was a thing. Like I forgot to get a box of cereal for my girls for breakfast, and they woke up in the morning. It's like, Dad, we're you know, this is the tradition. This is the routine. Where the cereal at? I'm like, damn. Oh. And it was that one small thing that would be minute to most people, 
that triggered me that showed me that damn you're not even get as good a space that you thought you was my man so that's when i made the post about finding a therapist particularly a black therapist but i've made a number of social media posts whether it be twitter or facebook not just seeking a therapist but kind of talking about what space that i'm in right as a black man really trying to be open and transparent about my mental health because i know that's a place that black men specifically but not exclusively are struggling in and kind of demonstrating that yeah this persona that i put not a persona that i put on because it's not a put on it's not a persona of being yeah that i'm strong and i have it all together and all these things and you know i'm willing to do but yeah i'm willing to do all those things but at the same time when my daughters leave at nine o'clock on saturday morning if I don't get out of the house by 11, I'm probably going to crawl back into bed and hold the remote control all day and just watch TV, right? And that's not my typical mentality that, you know, I got shit to do. So I just knew at that moment, man, that it was like, okay, I really need to go ahead and reach out and have a conversation with somebody and start these therapy sessions back up. And what has happened by those communications and those, the openness, the people begin to reach out. Other brothers and sisters been able to reach out and be like, yo, listen, man, uh, I'm not even trying to be on your business on what happened, but just on some, I really appreciate the fact that you consistently are transparent and authentic about where you are. Like, that's really been helpful to me and what I have going on. So that's been encouraging. But, you know, like tonight. Man, I came home, you know, got pizza for the girls, did the dishes, mopped the floor, scrubbed walls, did all the things, going to fold some laundry after the show. Tonight, I'm in a good space. But tomorrow can be a whole different story. But I got to be able to use those tools that I have in my toolbox, man, and just really be vulnerable. Like, yo, listen, man, I'm not in a good space. Let's talk about something. I don't give a fuck what it is, but uh, (laughs) let's have that conversation. So. Outside of that, man, I've had jokes. I've been laughing in the past couple of days. I'm in a good space. It's going to be a long weekend. I don't know what I'm going to do on Monday. I, I would like to take off from work, but I live in a capitalist system and, you know, my electric bill and my cell phone bill, the motherfuckers don't give a fuck about my feelings, <laughs> where I am and what I have going on. You know what I mean? My kids, you know, they still don't want dad to be in the best dad shape as possible. So I'm automatically already thinking about how I'm going to manage my emotions on Monday. Uh, and it could be just, it could be a good day. It could be just a day where I have some moments of grief. It could be a day where I'm wiped the fuck out. I'm not sure how, that's how grief is. You never know mm-hmm. which monster is going to show up. You're right so, about that. Yeah. I will say this, man, just to, just to wrap that up, man. Um, you have been one of the biggest catalysts for me in terms of learning to show myself some level of grace. Yeah, yeah. So I'm going to tell you the same exact thing, my guy. It's okay if you roll around on Monday and you're not okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I'm cool with that. Yeah. And I'm not expecting to wake up on Monday and be Superman. I'm okay with waking up on Monday and being Clark Kent with, you know, a bed full of kryptonite. Um, you know, I mean, uh, Ralph and I, I often find the uh, the soul seeks balance in its own way sometimes, mm-hmm. and will 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 allow a moment of malaise to inspire or proliferate moments of profound creativity. You know, and I'm done with that myself. 
do. So and that's true I'm because I, the creativity good. part has really popped off, man. Like <laughs> I was kind of falling back on, you know, my graphic design business, and mm-hmm. all, all of a sudden, motherfuckers is popping out of the woodwork, which has been a phenomenal outlet of of you know being able to use that creativity, man, and yeah. just digging into things in the past who have that have helped me, like reading fiction. Like that's been a thing, but I noticed in the past couple of years, I've gotten caught up in nonfiction shit that helps me do the work that I do in the community. Man, I went out and found a bunch of my favorite black authors, man, and and bought a bunch of books and just been devouring it, man. And it's been able to transport me into a more comfortable, calm space. But the creativity component crush, that's, that's, absolutely authentic and true my man yeah nothing more funkin than that fucking hat that you got on so i don't i don't know it, <laughs> the one thing that i will say you do match though you do stay oh, nike boy. down what does your clothing budget look like that's, that's a what what is what is your clothing allotment budget what? does yeah, your wife hat, yo does your well, wife Seahawks allow you to does she give everything. you a certain budget to to spend what? on the household question everything like you question his whole existence is it is it you know a certain <laughs> amount of money each week how do you do that when's the last part last wait, time you bought some shoes wait 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 the seahawks don't suck that bad do they? Ooh, he just bought some recently he just bought some recently oh he just bought some recently and he looked down because he got him on i don't even know i don't even want to know what he oh, got on oh, he got God, some exclusive bro. shit on he be ha- yo ladies and gentlemen I've seen this some wild designs. Shoe too. collection is exquisite. I've seen some wild shit. I mean, he does a wonderful job. You know, the, the, the yeah. worst part, and I'm going to tell him myself, the worst What's part that? is that I literally told myself, you are not going to buy any sneakers for at least the first quarter of the year. None. Shit. No shoes Word. in the first quarter of the year. And that was good all the way until Monday. All the way until Monday. What happened on Monday there? Uh, you had a crisis, clearly. You get a crisis of conscience. What, what, what triggered you on Monday? Some there's a there's a pair of uh, Air Max ninety sevens that I've been wanting since they dropped. And you, and you got the text, you got the text alert to your phone. And Nike sent me the notification saying yeah, they're alive. <laughs> they the, the, the last time they released it was like eight, eight to nine years ago, and I was like, "You have the notifications on for the Nike so, app?" Yeah, oh yeah. Does do you have a specific app that oh you use all the time to buy shoes? What are your uh, top shoe apps? I got plugs all over the place, my guy. So I what's your what's your top top three shoe apps? I will say this last for the since the pandemic, I was going to uh, unsavory means to get my unsavory, friends. unsavory. You, I mean, there's one my friends over the head in the alley. Because, uh, one's one that everyone was using for a while. Then I can't remember the name. Of it, <laughs> like I, I was, unsavory. I was going through unsavory. I was going through unsavory you a stick means. Stick up kid now. My, fuck you mean. Probably with an F, I think. <laughs> What's a goon to a goblin? <laughs> unsavory means. Listen, you, you so hold on. There's, there's no statute of limitation for that shit. So let's listen, let's transition. Listen, listen, y'all, listen. Y'all, 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 y'all control, man. Y'all can be out control, I was man. going through unsavory means to get my sneakers, and then I actually quote unquote committed to using more traditional means, so like Foot Locker and whatever. The problem is that you know when they get when these hot sneakers get live. They sell out like this. 
Yeah. yeah. But yeah, for yeah, whatever yeah, reason, I, I guess uh, you, I, this is this is what I compare it to. You know how sometimes you go to you go to a casino and you spend so much money at the casino that you get comped. Yeah, that's Ooh. pretty much what that's pretty much what Foot Locker does for me. I ha, I have not missed on any major release that I've wanted for oh quite some time God. because I spend money and I oh need to stop. God. I got a problem, my guy. On first name basis with an app. I got a, I got a problem, my guy. <laughs> when he I opens up it, the man. app, Siri gotcha. says, "Hey." We haven't seen you in 16 hours, 24, 24 minutes, 13 seconds. I dig it, bro. That's a, uh, that's a wild right. vice, my guy. I ain't, I ain't hating though. Listen, I ain't mad at you. And you know what? All jokes aside, I'm, I'm gonna keep it. I'm gonna keep it a bean with you guys. Oh, you gonna keep I it a bean tonight? Is... He's gonna tell the truth. Wow, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Out of all, <laughs> you're marking down anyway. <laughs> We're breaking new ground here. <laughs> breaking, breaking a barrier. So I think what it honestly is, man, is I'm playing catch up, and I don't want to say I'm having a midlife crisis or anything like that, but I'm playing catch up. You grow up poor. You grow up in the hood. You don't yeah, have yeah. disposable income. And yeah, now yeah. I'm in a place in my life where I have disposable income and my wife makes pretty good money and has disposable income. And it doesn't affect those other it affect the needs. My, mm -hmm. my kids are not going to suffer. They have food. I take make sure that I continually put in for their savings and all that other stuff. Sure. So what I have left, I'm like, I can't take it with me. You've never seen a U-Haul following a hearse. Mm -hmm. Let me go buy these sneakers. Even though I need to, even though I need to slow it down, I ain't mad at you, bro. I mean, do you really? I mean, no, if, if, not really. If you can afford, do you really it, need to slow yeah. down. I mean, I mean if, if you're good, I, if, you know what? I, if, if, it the does, are full, it, if the bellies if the bellies are full, listen, if there is a level of gratification that I have after I buy the sneakers, but yeah. then at the end of the year, I look at myself and I say, okay, the okay. sneakers that I bought, okay, what could I, what else could I have done with that money? Oh, don't right? do that to yourself. No, nah, don't, don't do that. I know, nah, and, that, that. and that's nah, that, that's the do dilemma. Do that. That's the battle. Well, that's I mean, the dilemma. That's the battle that I've been having. I mean, you know what I'm I don't, nah, I don't like think like that. I don't do that shit. Not me. I, oh, I know you don't. <laughs> I know. I know you don't. So, crush. People want to know. Not did you get the job, but people want to know how your interview went on Friday at Howard University. Actually, it really it went really well. Um, okay. And it was a uh, you know. Pretty, uh, pretty, uh, pretty good conversation. Uh, the position is interesting. You know, they're as part of the one of their uh, definitely a division of the school of business. I didn't expect, and um, you know, I'm looking forward to uh, hopefully hearing from them next week. Good to go. Good to go. Yeah. You're gonna have to keep us abreast because I know folks jumped in my DM and was like, "What? Crush going to Howard at a time like this? How did the interview go?" People jumping. <laughs> I'm like at a time like this. What anything. the fuck? They, I mean, you know, I mean, they don't I mean, need a reason to jump in your DMs. I mean, it's, oh. I it's mean, 75 out. Let's go see what Sean is talking about. <laughs> let's go I mean, see. Let's go now, see what this black motherfucker. <laughs> no, I, no, I can't. I, I can't lie. Current, current events did come up in conversation. And, okay. You know, was, okay. But everyone just, you know, general reaction. Everyone is rolling their eyes. You know what I'm saying? I assume that you you navigated that question or that that topic well. Then. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, it, was, it was it was a big joke to everybody. Okay. Okay. Big joke okay. to everybody. Okay. I mean. I mean you know, it's being, you know, it's being, in other words, it's being handled, you know, stuff like that. <laughs> in other words, being handled. Okay, no doubt, no doubt. Creed 3. Um, I watched it. Making tons of money. I haven't seen it. It is, it is making bread. It is making a lot of bread. Well, what's the verdict, though? For um, real? I, I, haven't, I haven't really asked nobody about it. 
I, 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 I watch. I'm, I'm I know that like in New York this weekend. I know. Make sure. I'm telling you, if not just to satisfy your wife, seeing two, Amer- two of America's black men take their shirts off, just for your wife's sake, just go ahead and go ahead. And As a right. very harsh, <laughs> I feel the look of you. Right. As a very harsh <laughs> critic of movies, uh, mm-hmm. I would say this is a movie worth going to the theaters for. Really. I would wow. say that this is a movie Hold worth going to the Okay, for. before we wow. talk about yeah. before we talk about the emotional part. Oh, I did of hear the, one. Com- I did hear film. one. I did hear yeah. one particular comment about the film. Okay, yeah. before we talk about the emotional part of the film, sure. or parse the film the way yeah. we talked about, right? Okay. I would give that film a six, six out of ten. And I have a hard time detangling it from the emotional part. So wow. I would be I would be wildly unfair in giving it a score. I would probably score it too high. Uh I will say that that's, I thought the storyline was uh good but predictable in moments, right? Uh I think there was some surprises in there. I thought I think for Michael B. Jordan's first directorial uh, the bout, I thought he did excellent with the being the first time behind I thought that I thought that I'll even go this far, right? I don't think Michael B. Jordan can act his way out of a bag, right? I don't think he's a great actor outside of his phenomenal stint in the greatest series of all time in The Wire, right? Outside of that, I don't think Michael B. Jordan is a great actor. He was but good from Bill Station. I don't think it's really. I, I don't want to do that. I was. I was a little, <laughs> oh boy. I was just trying to set me up for you. You have to clip that out for the end of the year highlight room. But I thought he did I thought he did pretty good in this movie, acting wise, man. I thought there was some moments of realism with the way he acted uh hmm. and i want to give spoilers but i yeah i won't do that but there was moments that are higher emotionally and you'll know the moments when you see, when it, you see it that yeah. i thought he did rather well uh i thought the writing was okay the writing could have been better mm. i thought the end scene that is supposed to be the the, the gripper was like 20 seconds of an exchange between these two brothers that yeah. have this long buildup of all this and they kind of yeah, 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 they didn't yeah. dig deep to, to go to the place that at this point in time violence was already on the table would have been right. continued to be on the table with some of the behaviors of you know Jonathan Major's character I felt like that that, that was flat but I thought the fight scene the main fight scene the cinematography around that particular fight scene, the way they pulled in aspects of each person. No. Okay. Okay. I, that's, I think I think that's where love I had that. issues. Right. The acting yeah. was. It was decent. I mean, it, it was what it was. I they didn't give think Tessa enough screen time. They didn't give her enough. They didn't give her enough lines. But I think, I think Jonathan they did, Majors did it. Put him over the top. I think Jonathan Majors is just he, he, he's phenomenal. He, I think he carried he carried he carried the film in my estimation. This dude can do whatever the hell he wants to. Yeah, he's 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 that good. But I did not like the cinematography, specifically because you compare that to like. You compare it to Creed One. There's one particular scene. There's one particular shot 
where it's it's the entire match from the walk out to the end yeah, bell yeah, yeah, and it does yeah, not yeah. get cut the, yeah. that that run was so beautiful only to I know see what you're them, talking about only to see them try and do it this way and it seemed like he tried I get what they were getting at right I thought it was done but, I thought it was but it seemed done. like it was trying to be too artsy like it it, it came across I didn't as think too artsy much was the thing I thought and again for me Go like the whole at that point in time. I'm in a completely emotional state watching, I, and this. that's why I said it's fair, that's right? I, so I it's it. like they he he accomplished what I think he was trying to do, so that's where I'm getting him credit for. Mm. If he would have not done that and had a traditional fight scene and added more to the emotional aspect of the final scene between him and Jonathan Majors, I think it's a wildly different movie. I think it's mm much better at that point because it's it builds up to this thing and it's like almost anticlimactic the way it felt it that ends. way it felt that way the way it ends if it Even ends if, rather flat it was it was it was expected the way it ended but you yeah, thought yeah, that there was yeah. going to be more to because i thought it came quick i thought the fights they came it, fast it, it, it i'm like hold on time out like yeah. what yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Okay, let's let's, jump, let's jump into the emotional sure. part. Let's jump into the emotional part because that's where you and I think we align in our thinking, right? That the dissection of that relationship was the best part. Was a character onto that's itself in the film. The most. Yeah, the dissection of that relationship between the two of them was a character onto itself in that film. And at the end of the day, I think that it's a. I won't say it's a testament, but I think that it is a, I don't want to say a stereotype either, but it is an, exa an example, an example of the relationship that black men often have with one another. That failure to be able to say, I'm sorry, to be emotionally vulnerable. Oh, to oh, you, Repeat that. Or that I need you. Right. Yeah, and I, like yeah. I said, I said immediately leaving the movie, I hopped on Facebook and said this movie should come with a trigger warning for black men. Uh, and people asked questions, and I said, you know, that might have been a little bit of an exaggeration based off of my own emotional state. But, fellas, when you go see this movie, if particularly if you're a black male, expect to be pricked. And there's a number of areas you're going to be pricked. You're going to be possibly be pricked with the relationship between him and his mom, which has Facts. his own layers, what which they would have unpacked further. A lot more. They they dismissed that far too quickly, Mike. Too God. quickly. They erased it, and they actually built up to it in another moment where it was anticlimactic. I want to say that would have The Harris, relationship between him and his wife as he's trying to unpack let's, let's, let's talk about that one it sounds like a need a streaming series i didn't <laughs> like that i didn't like their relationship Ooh, black women are getting their keyboards ready yeah i didn't like their relationship careful. i particularly i didn't i didn't like the way i thought the relationship was it didn't do enough unpacking there right she what displayed what did you want to see Hold on, she did a great job of unpacking the desire of a partner wanting their partner to, to heal, open yeah. up and to heal, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. But there's one particular scene where him and his wife are having an argument uh, 
and they're both voice both voices are elevated both of them are going back at each other and a little person enters the scene and the finger is pointed at him to control his emotions at that moment not for both of them to control their emotions I could dig it. And I was like, ooh, like, mm. Mm. and I dig it. I, I understand in those moments. Uh, so it's not one of those things I hold against them. But their relationship just didn't seem, it didn't have the same thing that we saw in one and two, mm. which was just one and two. They was, you know, down like faux flats. This yeah. one was kind of, oh, they're married. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but do you think that that's an example of married life, though? You get adjusted, bro. I'm divorced. You, 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 I don't know what the fuck married life is like. Nigga, shut the fuck <laughs> up. Like, he said, you literally just you have a memory, nigga. Like, you have a memory, nigga. Slaying back and forth, slapping him on the chest, like whatever. Like you don't even remember what happened. It was not that long ago, my guy. Like what the fuck? In my mind, bro, it's forever ago. He said he put the gray in that shit. Oh lord, oh lord. I never remember. But no, I don't. I I think I. I do. I, I will agree that it could be a. I don't. I don't know. I, I guess it could be a representation of what married life is after a while. After you've been married for a while, yeah, I, yeah, I guess. Especially when kids are involved. When you kind of get into a routine of things, and it just yeah. kind of. Okay, you can see that. There's certain scenes, particularly early in the movie, when she, yeah. Okay, yeah. that's fair. That's fair. Okay, what but I like Tessa. I think Tessa is. Whew. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. She's. Lord have mercy. Tessa's on that list. My, my one, one day we'll talk about the, the 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 list. My wife, my wife listens to this show. I do not. Want okay, to well, I'll be the one to dig my myself. own grave because I because you ain't got nobody to come exactly. chase you. She, like, she's on that man. that that fantasy oh. smash list, brother. She, 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 All right, so let me ask you. Let me ask you the big, the big the big question: uh-huh. the the relationship between him and. The, the characters Adonis and Dame. These are the two Jonathan Major's character and Michael B. Jordan's character. Do you think that Adonis owed Dame anything, given the relationship, given what happened in their childhood and their past? Because often enough in the black community, we hear that you owe something to the folks that you left behind. Those people you that died for you. Yes, he did owe him something. Huh. Yeah, I would and, say he and, did. And I'm basing it based off of uh, street code, right? Street culture. Hmm. Say I'm it gonna again. Use it. I'm going to base it off of street code and street culture, hmm. right? There was a moment where he did abandon Dame, right? Whether we want to be at the initial scene of the crime or afterwards, right? He did erase Dame from his psyche and from his memory. There was a level of rejection and abandonment there. So when he comes out and they develop whatever they develop and he's beginning to give back, I understood where Adonis was coming from completely with where he was. But I think you we're mean trying to fix the situation, right? Not only try to fix the situation, but try to help Dame. But, but I think okay. the danger that everybody who's ever been in the situation before understands that sometimes you try to give too much, right? You try to give too much to people who are not in position to handle how much you're willing to give. Dame had the desire to be a certain thing and to be in a certain place, but he wasn't ready mentally and emotionally to be in that space, right? So if he would have kept and followed kind of the path that Adonis had on him, 
I think it could have been wildly different, but then we don't have a fucking movie, right? Uh, but I think the exchange between him and Adonis, I think, was absolutely superb. Uh, again, I think it falls flat with any other actor outside of Jonathan Majors. That's Jonathan Majors ex- exuded a broken, fragile, angry, bitter, yes. bitter yes, he did. hurt, trauma-infested yeah, black he did. He did. man who is powerful, strong, and determined. You, but right? you know, I think what it boils down to, honestly, for, for me, watching that character, it made me feel like, okay, like many of us black men, when we feel like we've been wronged, right? It's like, do you want justice or do you want vengeance, right? Justice is your ability to say that a, a wrong has been righted and you accept that change. Vengeance means that you want to be acknowledged for your pain and you don't care who you have to burn or destroy to get that, to, to get that. You get what I'm saying? And um. it, I think it's harder, it's harder to, it's harder to get vengeance and feel satisfied than it oh, is no. to nah, get justice. I don't agree with that. What? I feel like I can oh, be absolutely satisfied I mean, with vengeance. No, you can't. Dude, how are you going to be satisfied with I vengeance mean, at the end of the day if you destroy vengeance. everything in its process? But hold who's on. That's, there, dude, who's hold there on. to pat you on the back? Who's there for you but to you're, you're say that you've been wrong? You've burnt everything you're, down. But you're adding on a piece there. I'm okay. okay with vengeance achieving my necessarily goal. But with him seeking vengeance, he was willing to burn everything down to get that i think he still could have got vengeance without destroying everything around him in that i don't capacity. think you can do i don't think you can but you, you can't can get justice everything you can't get justice if both parties are not aligned right there's, there's if both parties are not the offender and the offendee are not on the same page in the same path you can't get justice you can only get vengeance right so if but I come every, out of jail and I feel like you've abandoned me, I just spent eighteen years in jail. I've years. lost everything. Else. I mean, I, 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 I can't, I can't be mad at him for the way he felt. I'm just saying mm-hmm. that if he wanted, if he wanted a right to, if he wanted a wrong to be righted, the way oh, yeah, he went he about, it about it wasn't. Oh, yeah, it wasn't it. Sure. Oh. it wasn't it. It wasn't it. Go ahead, Crush. You're about to say something. We cut. Oh you no, off. no. I was just, I was just saying that you know, vengeance seems to can take a few forms. You know, I mean, granted. Um, blind vengeance can be, you know, can disregard collateral damage. But although, in my mind, I have a theory that the collateral damage is also intentional because people who are vengeful, because okay. people, people are vengeful tend to enjoy spectacle also. Oh, yeah. Um, and he was. You know, you know what I mean? But vengeful, but right. vengeance can also be extremely patient and extremely mm. surgical. Mm. Extremely. A- and, and, 18 years. Mm, yeah, yeah. yeah very plan. patient and very surgical and you know that's why people he had a plan you know, and he executed his yeah. plan in a way that he was looking to do exactly what he said he was looking to destroy him would you like to see more do you no don't do I it i think i know i think i know your answer but i do, no, do, you, want, do, do you hope that this movie brings more people to have that conversation oh yeah that conversation absolutely. that they had at the mm. very end I think I think the beautiful thing, the one thing that I want black men to take away is that you can build something beautiful. Something beautiful can come forth through conflict, yeah, right? We yeah. we 
have developed this idea that we must avoid conflict at all costs, uh, even avoid violence, right, at all costs, and just walk away and bury the thing and never have to worry about it. But clearly, you can't bury it. So I would love to see Black men watch this movie or clips of the movie, right? Those moments where you see, I would like them to see when Wood Harris is having a conversation with like, with Adonis early telling, on in the movie, telling, telling him, him to warn him, you don't owe this dude. And he repeats the same thing. I think he says the same thing throughout the whole movie. As much as I love Wood Harris, yeah, yeah. he says the same he, thing. He does. He does. Yeah. And then you that know, the, part, the touching part is that at, at the end, they both say it. It's like, you didn't owe me anything because we were kids. Like, and that shit came too for? fast. I was like, oh, come on, man. Yeah, man. We, like, we, 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 we got that, some the unpacking conclusion, to do. We got some unpacking The conclusion today. came so swift. Even the, even the relationship, excuse me, even the conversation afterwards that he had with his wife about how it was resolved was like this. There was no further about, hey, how did it go? What did you guys talk about? How does yeah. this now affect me, you, and our daughter? Yeah, yeah, anyway, yeah. How do y'all reconcile yeah. this? I mean, y'all yeah. might be good, but this motherfucker was just on TV on Sports Center. Call, calling you out calling your everything but a child of God. Yes, sir. And yes, sir. Not to mention the role that the role that your mom played in the whole thing. Do you have you resolved that inner turmoil with yourself? Yeah, it My was God. a lot for black men lot to have yeah, to unpack. A lot. Because I know a lot, a lot of brothers, man, who are in that position, whether it be with people who have been far away in prison for a long time or yeah, yeah. an old old apart. friend, you know, yeah. that you just don't have that thing anymore because something transpired or distance or whatever the case may be. And you end up isolating yourself in a manner where you think if I just bury this thing and move on and not address it, I can live my best life. I can go ahead with my career. I can have a family and, it's just amazing how the universe, and I use the universe, comes through and just be like, oh, no, player. Nope. We're going to address this thing right now. How about that? Mm, but, yeah. but, you know, I mean, granted, I'm speaking from a point of view that you know, I haven't mm-hmm. seen the movie yet, but you bring up some interesting points concerning relationships between black men. But, you know, what do you do when one party it clearly extends themselves to, to men, fences, and that shit is like, ignore it? Disregard it. I do. If some, if I'm in a position where I desire a strong, where you, where you presenting yourself as the bigger man. Yep. Where I'm looking to mend a fence, and when I say mend a fence, that means I'm laying my faults and flaws at bare for us to work through this with the intent of either reconciling or being able to walk away from this relationship without any malice or hard feelings. That's a hard place to be when the other person doesn't want to. Mm-hmm. So for me, how I typically would handle that is I give folks three chances. I give three folks three opportunities. I say, hey, man, we can have a conversation. And I use a phone, text, meet. I give them three. After I give you three, I'm cool in my own self that I've done everything possible I've made my available on three separate occasions in three different manners for us to mend that fence. Now, that doesn't mean necessarily that that door of mending closes, but baby, it's only a sliver of a crack for that joint. And whatever (laughs) mending that takes place at this point in time, that other person has to kick in the door. 
Well, I guess I'll uh, do. I guess I'm just some do to give her one more chance. Sometimes but also going into it and telling motherfuckers like, yo, then listen, this is chance number three. Now I didn't try to do this two other times. I won't be doing this again. No, I dig it. I dig it one hundred percent, Mike. Oh boy. Yes, you're right. All right. Oh yeah. I mean like yes. I do the I do the shit with O all the time. I don't like that motherfucker. <laughs> Yes, welcome, welcome, welcome. What's up? What's up? What's up? Back once again to the Incredible Wake of Black Podcast. And in case you weren't aware, this is a podcast dedicated to covering the current events and social issues going on in your black world and covering it all from the perspective of three grown ass men who know that you need to bob and weave. I am your host, Big O, Mr. In the Black himself, but you know I can never do this alone. Let me introduce the rest of my fight corner. Crush, say what's up. Well, it's good, everybody. No doubt. Elka Bong, say what's up, man. I can't call it, man. What's happening, family? <laughs> and if you're checking this out on YouTube, make sure that you hit that subscribe button. Make sure you also hit that thumbs up. It goes a long way, helps with the algorithm, gets this video out in front of other people. Goes a hell of a long way, I should say, once again. Make sure you follow us across social media at In the Black PDCST on Facebook, Twitter, and on Instagram. But if you really want to become part of the family, join us over at our Patreon where you can get behind the scenes episodes and really get down to the nitty gritty of some of the stuff that we talk about before the show actually starts. You will mm. not regret it. Um, hey, yo, we shout talking- out to the homie, real quick, man. Jackson Artware. Bro, when this new stuff drops, yes, when the new merch, when the new merch hits, yes, indeed, these hoodies are nice, man. These hoodies are nice. I'm a, I'm going. Listen, <laughs> don't next, get me next show. Don't get me started. Don't get, don't get me started. Don't get me started. Okay, talking about one growth story. We're talking about Creed in the previous segment. From one growth story to another. Uh, recently, NBA superstar John Morant ha- was suspended from the uh, Memphis Grizzlies for at least two games for his recent video on IG Live where he was shown waving a firearm while he was in the nightclub. Um, some folks said that the NBA kind of or the Grizzlies kind of overreacted, but the truth <coughs> is that Morant has been laying the groundwork for foolishness for a little bit he's been he's had a bunch of different incidences nothing that's been over the well yeah some of them have been over time he's getting sued at least so in december apparently during a pickup game at his home he got into a fight with an 18 year old kid i want to 17 17 year old kid where he punched and punched and punched the dude over and over again and then afterwards walked into his house and came out with a gun in his waistband. Not to mention, apparently, he fought some other kid earlier this year, the beginning of this year in February. At a footlocker. At, at a footlocker. Hold on. Let's tell the story of the footlocker. His mom is at the footlocker. This is a story the that came that out. calls him, apparently. Yeah, this right? is a story that comes out in the Washington Post. Uh, Google it. Yes. Well, his mom is at a footlocker arguing with an employee at a footlocker, a customer gets involved with the argument. So the mom starts arguing with the customer and the mom calls Ja and Ja shows up at the local mall 13 damn deep. Come 
13 deep. He not even he, just the 13 he, deep. He rounded up 13 dudes to go bum rush footlocker. Yeah. Not even not even that, but apparently when he got there with his weapons were pot, involved. He he told the security guard that tried to get them to told them to they told him to leave. To tone it hey, down. I'm a I'ma meet you, I'ma meet you after work. No, remember, John Barrett plays for the Memphis Grizzlies. He resides within the Memphis area. Ladies and gentlemen, if you have not been following hip hop culture, Memphis is a place that does not give a fuck about whether you play for the Grizzlies, the Timberwolves, or the Sixers. But, and, and I don't mean this in jest, but there has been a number of high-profile local rappers who have been robbed and killed yes, in Memphis. Memphis is, this is, bro, listen. You don't yes, know who indeed. that security guard is related yes, to. Indeed. Yes, indeed. Not even to mention that uh, there was an incident where he went to it, where they got into it at the uh, Pacers game, where apparently there was a red light flashed at uh, oh, some of the Pacers players and some of their coaches. And during the investigation, they said they believe allegedly that the laser light was attached to a gun. So he's he's been causing he's been a now menace he, for the for a minute now. Here's right, where well, things get tricky. He's asking right? for it. He, he's, he goes to a strip club, right? He's in a strip club, and he decides that he goes wants to go live. He goes on IG Live in the strip club. He doesn't have a shirt on, which I find absolutely fascinating because that's not his job. Uh, that's that's <laughs> 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 not your job, bro. That's that's their job, yeah, just yeah, in case you... That's this. problem number one, bro, that... <laughs> They're clothed and you're not. That's that's. I don't understand what the hell you were thinking there, but I will we'll chalk it up like to you. <laughs> chalk it up to you. So as he's on the IG live, he reaches and pulls a firearm and he holds it up like this on the live. He doesn't aim the firearm. He doesn't wave the firearm around. He kind of flashes the firearm like that, and of course, thousands of people are watching him on the live. Everybody, the moment they see the gun, what do they do? Screenshot, screenshot. So it makes his way. Two, the dude has over two million followers. Million followers. So it makes his way onto social media, onto all of these trash websites who are questioning all of his things. But here's where it gets tricky for his. Because right now he's on a leave of absence from the Memphis Grizzlies. Now, anytime you've had a an indefinite leave of absence is not a suspension. A suspension comes with a clear definition of the penalty, but also a clear definition of when the suspension the is, is going to start over. and end. Yes, indeed. Right? A, a leave of absence? No. The problem is, the question is, when he's at the strip club, he's not in Memphis. They're not in Memphis at this time. They're in a whole nother state. So now the question that has been investigated is, how did Jock get this firearm to this particular state? Because if it's investig if it's found that he actually brought the firearm with him on the flight, automatic 50-game suspension. Yeah, automatic. Off-rip. Off rip. No conversation, off -rip. no nothing. So yeah, part of the reason I, why I, he's... I.E., for, for folks that remember, I.E., Gilbert Arenas. I, who had weapons in the locker room. In the locker room. <laughs> Brandishing, threatening to 
kill people in the locker room. Yeah. Shout out to Agent Zero. That's my yeah. man. I love, Yo, that I love was that, that was a crazy, that's a crazy. Do you know how that story, how that whole thing started off? Apparently, oh yeah, you gotta hear. Because you know, he, apparently he was shitting in people's sneakers. And these rookie gotta, sneakers and telling them you gotta hear, you gotta come, hear him tell come, the story come come, come try it <laughs> he tells a story on another podcast recently where and it's fubu fubo whatever yeah, it's called it's, yeah but ja man uh i don't necessarily have an issue with ja brandishing the firearm or do possessing I. I don't have an issue with him having the firearm i don't have an issue with him brandishing the firearm I don't have an issue necessarily with. I don't think Ja is going to hurt other people. Do I don't stop. think that's. I don't. I don't. I don't think he's going to hurt other people. Do I, I think. Hold on. What I think he's going to do, and the potential, is he's going to hurt himself by the behavior that he's and 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 a byproduct of that would be hurting other people. Meaning, I don't think Ja is going to shoot people. Like he's not okay. Sean Kemp orchestrating drive-bys, right? He's, he's, not but, he's not, but he sounds like the kind of guy that might accidentally shoot somebody. That's a possibility. Yeah, right? that's a possibility. That's too, a possibility. He and, he's clearly dumb enough to shoot somebody by accident. I well, found let's, it let's, so fascinating. Let's let's keep it let's keep it a being. The dude's twenty three years old. Oh, I think no one's I, your brain. No is fully one formed. on social media Sorry, is your getting, brain's fully formed. Nah, any grace because and that and that's that's been I, that's been my bro. thing, dog. That's the respectability politics has been oozing, it's crazy, bro. It's crazy. crazy. I don't think his behavior is good. I don't think yeah. his behavior. He make sure be going. we, we want to make sure we're clear about that. I don't think it's it's wise. I don't think it's good. But I think there's been an added level added to Ja that is not necessarily based off of what Ja has doing. But the perception of <clears throat> young black males who exude a certain type of masculinity, right? Hmm. That they're putting some additional things on job that is like, yo, job didn't do all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, made I a mean, dumbass choice by having a gun in the IG. He's made some dumbass choices with thank you. Let's make sure we say that he's harming all, and you know, attempting to definitely, of course. <clears throat> but there's, a, there's not that much difference between 17 and 23. I think that's the part that gets me is that I think that folks forget that he is. I mean, I know he's an adult, but he's still a kid. I can't tell you the dumb shit that I did when I was. 20, 23 years old. Bro, he's a 23-year-old multi-millionaire. Multi-millionaire. He's, he's expected $200 million. Dollars. One of the lead faces of the NBA. He just signed a contract with Nike. Signature shoe. He's making hundreds of millions of dollars. Comes I from a two-parent home with an f- active father and an active mother. But I, this, I this is the thing. I can't tell you. I don't you. understand this shit. But but that's the thing is that I, I can't tell it. you how I can't tell you the things that I possibly would have done in my mind state as a twenty three year old if I had millions of dollars, not even just like a couple you know of million. Though, Can mean, we but, talk about I, what but, we did at twenty three, bro? You know what, but, but also, <laughs> you know, I tell you some stories. Some of these don't have statute of limitations, my guy. But there's one more. There's one more fact that you know. That that, that 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 L brought up that you know he's not only a young black millionaire he's a young black millionaire from motherfucking Memphis and still chilling in Memphis with multi millions 
And look, my you know my my lady went out there for quick cohort for the schools out there, and she came back like we can do a whole series she, on the she Memphis came back schools. Like, like pale as a ghost. She was like, I can't I can't believe what they call a system out there. So. You know, I can only imagine what that brother. You know, he, as soon as he got his, his first check, he probably had had that gun because he knew who's no. Be well, to be hold on, hold on, but real quick. I don't know why you want to stay in Memphis with millions. Ho, 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 ho. Even to in be the, clear, in nice he's part. he's originally from he's originally from South Carolina, a small town in South Carolina. I'm not familiar with the then, town, then, so then, that's yeah, why yeah, they want to put small, in. small, small town in South South Carolina. Then, but then I think back. again, it's much more chill in South Carolina than Memphis. I think one of the things that the, the conversation yeah. has not evolved to discuss the relationship between the NBA black males and rap and hip hop music, right? And that's not to say that, you know, hip hop is the cause of this, but there is some emulating that we've seen throughout NBA players' careers of them wanting to emulate the lifestyles of rappers. We can go to AI, we can go to Kevin Garden, we can talk, we can have that conversation. So it's not surprising that yeah. he all of a sudden is all tatted up way more than he got the chains. He has he's doing the gritty every chance he get. There's drills. a correlation there. But again, my concern is black men, even in two parent homes, not being able to properly display shake off that and influence. shake off of that influence. And it's so easy for us to slide into examples of toxic masculinity because this mm. is highly toxic, right? Yeah, 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 None of yeah, this yeah, behavior yeah, are we yeah. condoning, yeah, yeah. but I think even we can't even use the trope anymore or say a father in the house because his father's at every game. His yeah. father's been at every game from college. Oh, 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 all those okay, things. You can't erase the possibility. Well, let's yeah, let's let's, yeah. let's dissect that. Let's dissect that a bit. Some of the backlash that's been coming out from this whole situation have been from older. Has, well, th that that is true, but a lot of the backlash has also been targeted towards his father. Because, unfairly, un because you have folks like Stephen A. Smith and Shannon Sharp that come out and they're like, "You're his father. You're not his friend. You got to talk to him." And that's one. It assumes that he's not talking to him. Which I think is wildly lots of unfair. And, lots of assumptions. Which I think is yeah, wildly I mean, unfair for you to jump to that type of conclusion. Lots of assumptions. Yeah. Especially when then we're two, with, he you know, is an adult, exactly. a multi-millionaire. How much influence do you think I, he is far? Like, let's let's keep. I want you say, to rephrase that. I want you to rephrase that because because of his now financial status, he has usurped and supplanted the role, role as the, the head of the head family of the household. Yes, indeed. No longer he's, is he's the, the dad. He's the, he's the family lead. The, the family. The, 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 the He's the one. He's the one. So what? 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 Can, and we've had this conversation on the show. But before. even oh, oh, hold up. Even can outside of that, though, how much can he say million? to him? Though he's he's an adult. Though he's an adult. Like, what are you going to say? Like at Nothing. I'm, the way folks, the way folks about, are, about parenthood, <laughs> you know, that's, that's, that's what I'm saying. There's a, so, there's a cap to it. The way folks it are saying it, the way folks are attacking Absolutely. T. Morant, his dad, is like they expect him to like take him into the corner and spank him and tell him, all right, afterwards and get him, and I've get him back. I've actually heard out folks say that his dad should grab him, put hands on him. And I'm like, do you? I mean, do you realize that you know that money was not inherited? You know what I'm saying? This isn't a Trump situation. 
and his you know dad saying? and his yeah, mom yeah. are dependent now on, on what Ja does. And you for you to act like, like that is not part of the, the reason why the relationship is the way it is, is a fool. Because if I get money, everybody that I'm paying and help, I'm paying their bills, I'm supplying their needs, you can't tell me nothing. Okay, let's let's even remove that. But that's probably the biggest point. But let's remove that. Once you, as an adult, however young you are as an adult, with your own career out on your own, how much influence do your parents have on you? They well, can't well, force well, you to do shit. The well, only thing they're going to do is to well, give, the only, they're gonna what, just, the only they can thing, only give you some some level of advice. Like, I mean, but if your mom, call, you if your mom calls you now, I mean, your mom can tell you to stop and you would listen I mean, out of respect I mean, to your mom. Yeah, I mean your 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 parents based off of what it was. I understand what you're saying. I understand. I'm I'm with you. I'm not. I don't want to go down that path because that's a ugly place to be, and I'm scared for your life because she's you know because because my mom likes you, and if she heard this shit and what you want to say, she she would she dropped that cane and beat your ass. You realize that all the women in your life have some sort of affinity for your boy. I don't. I, because you know why it is. I really appreciate because that. I because I paint oh, such a good he's gonna, picture. Now he's going to take friend. credit for it. He's I literally paint such he's a good picture of both of you black guys. Women of their Even though I don't, I don't tell them, I don't that. tell my family Look. that these two light skinned motherfuckers every Thursday Look. give me a fucking hard time. Look. Look. You just rob black women of their excellence, <laughs> of their agency, and their and their magic. I do think parents. You try to get me killed. I think all, I think all you know, all, all able parents should be, should have. An, there's, there's a certain obligation to be concerned, to be clearly aware, and to be to be on top of you know to, to be aware of your, your child's situation in terms of their actual safety. I yeah. mean, you're 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 well within your right as a parent to comment on that. To yeah, expect yeah, yeah. to have influence on it is not fair, but to be to express your concern. I would expect that from a parent that loves any you. good parent. I think that, that, that loves you to stop and say, "Hey, look, man, I know you're." Why, why do we thing, assume that just, his dad I'm just saying from my, I'm just, I'm just saying it looks like, that, like it looks like you're bleeding. It looks like you're bleeding over there. Yeah, I think you need a band aid yeah. or something. Yeah. So yeah. you know, I mean, yeah. a parent should at least say that. And I don't think people realize how much they sound like they're regurgitating these white conservative tropes and stereotypes man you're, you're falling into the same thing you sound literally like a white evangelical conservative when you begin to not only question well did he come from a two-parent home oh he does he fits that yeah. check is his dad uh, active yes I mean, he fits that yeah. well how come is you, you, you don't must be not talking thing. It's must it's be that his dad right. is oh well what what does his dad do oh mm. his dad wants to be his friend Okay, oh, there it is right. that's the problem. What? The problem. He's like, he's twenty three. You expect so him to have a, a relationship a of, with his dad, wherein his dad go out in the backyard and see, toss yeah. the ball back and forth. See, you know, like this twenty three now. But you know what? Though what this, this this is all. This it is, can't this be understated. He's a twenty three year old millionaire. Let's make sure we keep but, saying but, that. But you know, this is all this this is all kind of tied to I think really infantilized views of black. A black oh, manhood. Bro, I see. I, I see these presumptions. Oh, all these presumptions on the on the on the depth of the need for this for this grown man to be instructed by his his by his father. I mean, there, there's a lot of presumptions here that that at the root, at the very root of it, sound really. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, and, and thank you because I don't know if you guys remember. There was um, 
Johnny Manziel, who was oh uh, yeah, Heisman old Johnny. He, Texas a and University. He wasn't out there brandishing firearms, but he was doing a lot of stupid shit on a regular he basis. He was the definition of a white boy stupid. But I do not remember one time anybody asking him whether he came from a two-parent household oh, nobody where cared. his dad was oh, to not. instruct him not. on how he was oh, acting or responding. When, when, when white men turn 18, they're men. Sure. I'm glad you it's, said that. The infantilization is, is serious. It's serious. And, but again, what are we expecting? Like, none of us wants Ja to be in a bad space. No, no, I don't want him to be out of. I want him to be in the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, I want to watch him hope. I want to watch him succeed. I'd not, but okay. <laughs> I'd, I'd rather not. The, the, Memphis, the, Memphis, the, the Memphis Grizzlies are the worst team in the fucking someone, NBA. Someone got some money in Jeez. <laughs> they are the worst team in the NBA. You t- Damn, all which that one of the players? All that fucking talking and they haven't. All that fucking talking and they haven't oh, won man, a goddamn thing. Bro, and if I see. Oh God! And, d- d- and, d- and Dylan Brooks is the the pure definition your, of Drake light skin, my guy. Your hatred is all, Elgin all this talking, right all this like, you crying. Gotta be careful. Like you gotta be get careful. the fuck out of here, dog. Oh, dude, get are, out are you of okay? here. Nah, I just I just fucking hate the members. Bro, you sound man. exactly the like me talking about you. That was I'm, I'm doing my, my John Morant impersonation. Just fire it off. Fire it oh, off shots, nigga. Oh, fire it off shots. <laughs> nigga, okay, we're going to keep the sports train rolling. Recently also, man, Kendrick Perkins, NBA analyst, oh, former Boston Celtic, former OKC uh, Thunder, OKC Thunder oh, former uh, Cleveland he Cavalier. He, yeah. for, he he rode the bench. But yeah, former even Big Cavalier. Perk. And, to give him, to give him, I mean, if I'm going to say it, also, current author and uh, NBA champion. He did win two the rings. Celtics. He got two rings. Yes. It, no, one. When did he win the second? I think Perk I mean, has two. With the with Cav, the Cavs, you mean? I think he has two. I want to say okay. Perk does have two. Fair, in yeah. fairness. Either way, uh, NBA champion. champion NBA champion. Yeah. He recently was on uh, ESPN talking about First the NBA. Well, he was already talking about it on different platforms, but it came to a boil on first take where he was saying that there seems to be a level of bias, and that's putting it gently, with the current MVP race where Nikola Jokic of the Denver Nuggets is in the lead. And this would be, if he wins, this would be his third Third MVP. Third straight MVP. MVP. Yeah. Kendrick Perkins came on and said that out of, well, we'll play the audio for you guys to hear, but essentially he basically said, hey, there has never in the history of the NBA been a player that has played, quote unquote, this poorly and been able to win a third MVP. Now, mind you- Whose team, whose team hasn't played this poorly, right? It wasn't just the fact that- No, no, he's- No, 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 no. It's not just Jokic. His team is number one in the league. I think, no, he- Okay, so Kendrick Perkins basically said that since 1990, there's only been three players to win MVP that did not lead or were not in the top 10 of Steve Nash, Nash, Dirk Nowitzki, and Nikola Jokic. And basically said that there's a reason that it's what what are those three people have in common. JJ Reddick then came on uh, the show and basically took Stephen A, I mean, Stephen A, I mean, no offense to you, and I mean, no offense to first take. 
because I think this show is extremely valuable. It is an honor to be on this desk every day. It really is. But what we've just witnessed is the problem with this show, where we create narratives that do not exist in reality. The implication, what you are implying, that the white voters that vote on NBA are racist, that are, they, they favor white people. You I just not, said that. You ju not, yes, you did. I yes, did you did. Not, did yes, not, you did. That I is did exactly not, what you implied, Kendrick Perkins. That is exactly what you implied. Secondly, hold on, hold on. I did not call. I stated the facts. I stated the facts. And you're not about to sit up We all know what you implied the other day. We all know what you implied just now. Hold on. I stated it. It's the facts. It's the facts. It's the facts. The voters Ginger Reddick, who is a white male who played at the University of Duke. Yeah. 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 So that's become okay, a big, be it's become a big, it's become an issue of contention. Mm -hmm. I think the biggest part that has jumped out is that there have been a lot of folks coming out and calling Kendrick Perkins an idiot. That he shouldn't yeah. have said it. He a lot of fabricating stories. Charles Barkley's yeah. number one. He was the first person that came out there and basically gave him the business. So, oh, this is going to be great. Oh, what, Ladies what, and gentlemen, what do you pay attention to this. I think what do you think all of the people, I think all of the black people, first off, the point that Kendrick Perkins was attempting to make is valid and fair and should be discussed. What Kendrick Perkins was asking and alluding to was what is the standard of measure to define what an MVP is. There is no clear definitive answer to that on what an MVP is. So he was asking that. And in asking that, he mentioned the three players who have won it and saying, hey, I'm not even going to say what they all have in common. He never even <laughs> said, right? He left. He said, I'm going to let you marinate on it. Right. Let you marinate on it. He, he left that Southern shit. <laughs> but I I agree with Kendrick. I feel the same way about the MVP race. There is no clear definition on it. It's 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 rather uh ambiguous, it's clearly subjective. How the MVP is named is there are writers and other journalists who have the ability to vote on the MVP. Now again journalism as a whole is a predominantly white space so the fact that these players have been able to do what they did is not beyond beyond our imagination to understand why that is possibly happening i hated the way that jj reddick who i think does a phenomenal job uh on espn discussing all of the things i like him he's probably the only duke athlete of ever outside of Grand Hill because he's Yeah, I knew he was going to say that. Uh, because of his wife. Uh, <laughs> but I think he does I a great that job. Was, I do that. I'm so into you. Always. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. But I think he does a great job discussing the thing. So the way he had this incredibly visceral reaction to Kendrick like he's like Stephen A I respect what you do I respect but this the, is the show yeah, yeah, but yeah, this yeah. is the problem and he doesn't go to Kendrick directly he goes to Kendrick on some side shit by talking to Stephen A yeah. and he doesn't give Kendrick but I felt like what Kendrick is saying is absolutely on point and those people it reminds me of this thing man that 
uh, oftentimes for whatever reason, and I think it has a lot to do with colonialism and conditioning, is that when black people are openly challenging white people, very rarely are you going to have other black people come out and support that black person, right? They're often going to either take a, man, I got no dog on this type of fight, or they're going to take the other extreme as you see Charles Barkley, who has remained coon adjacent for most of his later years in life, to have this idea of calling him an idiot, right? I don't think what he said, I don't think he was absolutely wrong. I think what they did was they failed to push the conversation and to address. So what is the standard of measure to determine who the MVP is? Because this year, it is incredibly close. You have Jokic, you have Giannis, you have Embiid, you have all of these guys, and when Embiid and Jokic went head-to-head, and be dropped 42 on Jokic. And Jokic like, had what, like 16, 18 20. rebounds yeah. and yeah, like eight blocks him. or some shit. Like he, he went in. He went in. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I it's think that, that kind of conversation. Like, what's the standard? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think the problem, honestly, man, is that it's not what Kendrick said because there's validity to what he said. I think it's the problem is, the, is who said it. And yeah. let's keep it a bean. The messenger is just as important as the messenger. Tell, tell the people and why man, that is so important with Kendrick. Because Kendrick comes across at, this is my personal opinion, Kendrick comes across as inarticulate. And I don't mean inarticulate necessarily because he's Southern and he doesn't know how to speak or whatever, but part of being able to analyze is also being able to make sure that your message is completely clear. You gave these people way too much wiggle room to come to their own decisions because when he said, hey, 80% of the damn voters are, are white, it's like, nah, that's inaccurate. Like you're not you're not doing yourself any favors any by one massaging false, the, massaging yeah, the truth and yeah. then also just not being one hundred percent clear about what you're trying to get to right look at I don't want to do it but I'm gonna do it oh god on top of that I can't take anything that Kendrick Perkins has to say about race seriously because this nigga came out and caped for fucking Rachel Nichols. Are you serious? He came out and cape for Rachel Nichols. Oh, she's been uh, oh she's been good to me. She's never been a racist. There's no problem. Well, maybe and she to- was good to him. <laughs> and the reason why I make that joke and insert that in, it's, it is whispered. You can never be serious about shit. You it's whispered in NBA halls that Rachel Nichols yeah, that she was floated around, sexually my guy. active. With a number around. of black NBA players. Yeah, 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 yeah. But like I said, you can't. Especially Kendrick on the per- bubble. Hey. What? <laughs> Kendrick Perkins oh, has wow. Kendrick Perkins has a way about him that comes across in many instances as comes across in many instances as unlikable. He comes across as unlikable. And I honestly, think you're being real unfair. I no, do. no, 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 no. I don't think I'm being unfair. I think you're I, judging listen, him listen, no, no, based no, 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 off no, 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 his no. size, the fact that no. he's gregarious, no. and that he's no. southern, and no. he comes across because no. he, he, he plays the classic southern trope, where everything he says has a southern metaphor to it. He he speaks intentionally in a no, su- no. You're no. being oh, I don't even know what no. the word is, no. but you're being no. that. 
No, yes, no. you are. You're big, and he's dark skin. And I don't no, 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 no. The dark Kendrick, skin coalition. Your voters, your membership in the dark skin coalition has been revoked. I'm, I know, I know. I'm, I'm gonna, like, I'm gonna get you guys I'm have gonna similar get hairstyles. I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna get an email. I'm gonna get an email from the chapter president tonight from the dark skin coalition asking who's the president, why question. Anyway, who's, who's the president uh, nowadays? Don it's Jude. still, it's still, it's still Wesley Snipes. Oh, it's, it's Don Cheadle, Don Cheadle's vice president. Don no, Cheadle's vice. It's Idris. Idris says I'm not a black actor. I'm not a black actor. I'm just, I'm I'm just, just an, an actor. actor that's black. Just an actor. Yes, Idris. Anyway, anyways, but no, no, no. On all jokes aside, man, Kendrick is not. And I know it sounds bougie to say it, but it Kendrick does. isn't. He's not polished. He's not polished. I know that there's oh, a way. Th- there's man, a way that you. I'm, yes, he does. Do he's a fucking. He's an analyst, man. Oh, he's an analyst, think, and I, he doesn't. I, He's an analyst, and he doesn't talk in. He doesn't really talk in X's and O's. One. Then like secondly, you right there. stop. Is, you yeah. can't, and you can't talk in these. <laughs> you can't talk in these fucking euphemisms. Let, let's let's take a step back, and we'll look at some of his his contemporaries. Okay. Did you like Stuart Scott? Mm-hmm. I mean, he, I mean, you don't. You say no, 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 no. I, no, I appreciate. No, I I like. I, I will say. I will say. I liked Stuart Scott, and I appreciate I what like he it. did as a yeah, fa- being really, a black face for. But anyway, really that's that's, that's different. But no, in all honesty, like look at. I wasn't a fan of the booyah and all that. I, I didn't. I just wanted to highlight. I, I, I think that it was part of his personality and made it work for him. It, it is what it is. But I said, look at his contemporaries, right? You look at Ryan Clark. That's Ryan Clark enough, is man. a. You, Ryan Clark is a Southern. Dark skinned brother who somehow seems to be able to not only articulate himself about the country comes but straight also, from the NBA to the league. I mean, straight from high school to the league. I don't know. I think he did. I Matter of fact, I'm going to bet that he came straight from the league. I think he came straight from don't high use, school. Don't use to that the as league. an. Don't use that as an. No, excuse. I'm not used, but I think it's fair for the context, man. I think it's fair for the context of the conversation. The reason why so, I think so. No, no, no. I'm going to cut Kendrick you off. Clark, I'm going to cut you off. Are you telling me that because you are who you are, that you being in your profession does not mean that you shouldn't be a shouldn't try to perfect your craft shouldn't mean that you should try and do better i'm not saying that he should go to or get a degree or whatever i'm just saying that you should take your job seriously he comes across as though it's like i I am this country dude whoever that i'm going to whatever whatever i say you're you're making assumptions there sean i don't think that's fair man i think you're assuming that he's not taking his job he says it all the time he He says it all the time he doesn't say he doesn't take the job seriously. Okay, th- yeah, okay. I apologize. If that's the way it came across. He doesn't say that. Yeah, he doesn't. Because I, 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 I don't think, I don't think, I don't want us to do that to assume that he doesn't take his job seriously because he decides to be an analyst in that particular character. I don't think that's what we're saying here. I'm saying that based off of what he does, it can be difficult to stomach watching him because it comes across as if he's ill-informed and he's ignorant on what's taking place. And we see that when he didn't articulate the data properly, when he has a great argument against J.J. Reddick, because he fails to give the proper argument and the proper data he it looks people foolish the room to jump in there and say that he doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about yeah. and, it's and so people like who said, are it's the, the messenger defense. not the yeah. it's the messenger not the message my man because let's, like let's keep it, keep man. it a buck let's keep it a buck let's be, let's keep it a fucking buck let's say your boy grant hill is the one that said exactly what kendrick Parkin said okay I, I, no no no, no, no push aside. 
He only has to say it with Tamia next to him. If he says it next to Tamia, he can say whatever he wants. <laughs> like, whatever Grant Hill says goes, guys. He can say vote Fuck for Trump. And he's like, hey, Tamia, hey, girl. No, let's let, but let's keep it. Let's keep it a hundred. Like, if Grant Hill said what he said, would any? Do you think people would be as outraged? I don't think so. What if Stephen A. Smith says it? Stephen A. has said some questionable shit on air about race. Well, he's cool to Jason too. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. In, in many uh, instances, and he's he's gotten away with it. But honestly, and one of our homeboys said it. Um, said that he blames. Yeah, your homeboy is not our homeboy. <laughs> one of our homeboys said it. He said he completely blames Stephen A. for this shit because yeah. Stephen A. has created this environment where Kendrick is trying to Stephen A. on Stephen A.'s show, and that's what ended up causing that whole thing that. It just became JJ and Perk yelling at each other, even though once again JJ might have had some valid points in what he was saying, and and uh, Kendrick might have had some valid points in what he was saying. But it just really became a shouting match. Unpacking that conversation. Yeah, they could have. Like I think each I, of I them had an opportunity to unpack and further the conversation, but because they started screaming at each other, oh, it just went down the toilet. It just went down the toilet. So I don't even know what the hell. JJ I really don't know what. I, yeah, I really don't. Other than JJ saying that he's not a racist and that the voters are not racist. Oh, I don't. I don't think JJ. I, just, well, hold that's, on, that's, I do think JJ. Said, I do think JJ is a racist. Uh, but I also. <laughs> I do think. Hold on. Let's be clear. I like JJ, but I do think he's a racist. But because I, I think all, I think all white people are racist. So. <laughs> let's deal with that. Uh, we can deal with that on another show, but I do think he, I think he has an opportunity to articulate that point in a, in a broader context, because I think, again, the issue of the standard of measure for NBA MVP has not never been, been defined he has never been and it's not consistent. And again, last year when Jokic won it, he it was a much closer race, the eye test, between him and Giannis than it was between him yeah, and Embiid. Yeah. And this year, between him and Embiid, it should be neck and neck. But And I think what we're going to say is, and I think Perk has a point, that because Jokic is white, he's large, he's wildly un- you know, unathletic, he likes to be on farms and do. <laughs> this, he, this dude is a professional basketball player for how many years? And he said he's wildly a- unathletic. What the fuck? How do you? <laughs> come on, man. You've seen. Come on. You've seen Jokic play, right? He's a big lumbering white he's, dude. He's he's and averaging not, a triple not, double. My guy. Listen, I'm not he's diminishing who like, he is, but I'm saying he fits the eye test. For what white people who are watching the NBA would like. The same thing Steve Nash did. The same thing Dirk Nowinski did. Dirk Nowinski was a largely a jump shooting player who I thought, and I like Dirk. Steve Nash was the same thing. These are white men who have exceeded in a sport that has largely been dominated and continues to be dominated by black players. So when you have them in a position where they particularly can get some award, it makes logical sense from a racial standpoint that white voters will say, hell yeah, I'm voting for Jokic. Mm. All right. And I can't believe you're just showing your horrible, horrible disdain for, like, your anti-blackness was really upsetting tonight. (laughs) 
go so far and realize that you don't like country black people. Uh, they need to be able to perform properly in, in front of white audiences. <laughs> oh my God, so disturbing. So disturbing. This nigga's this, this trying to, try to have so me have issues going anywhere. Though. He was worse than Chris Rock's pick special. Oh, okay. On that note, right about now is the time we'd like to give you little tidbits of news and words of wisdom that you can take with yourself into the week. Damn. L. What's up, man? <laughs> Listen, I just just protect yourself from your friends, man. They kind of they can be uh, <laughs> oh they can be undercover racial snipers out this show, man. <laughs> be careful, <laughs> you know. They can be they can be cool and adjacent, and you're not even realizing. <laughs> God damn it! I, I fucking hate you, crush. What? What's up? Man, uh, I want to send a shout out to my uh, my new uh, my new co-host of my new podcast, the Test Pressing Podcast, uh, where I will be reviewing um, albums that I think my peers should know about. But we're doing a special six-part uh, series on the uh, reviewing uh, all of De La Soul's six first six albums that are now on streaming services right now. Our first episode should be coming out. Our first episode should be coming out tomorrow or over the weekend. Now, hold yeah, on, hold on, Crush. We ain't letting you slide that that easily. Tell us more. Where where can folks find the podcast? Where oh, on all platforms? It. What's the name of it again? It's called the Test Pressing Podcast. It'll be it'll be the on Test Spotify. Podcast. Okay, it will be on Spotify and Apple Music and Apple Podcasts. Okay. Man, make sure y'all go out and support that brother, man. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Sure. Appreciate it. And don't support O because of for the me fucking to... hat that he has on, bro. I'm you. I, know, I mean, I you're, you're only supporting I'm, his sneaker I'm already anti-black. I got the you're damn only... Seattle Seahawks hat on. You're only supporting Who has a white, a white head coach, him. white owner. And, and <laughs> a, a relentless <laughs> sneaker habit. Which shoes do you have on tonight? Which shoes do you have on, by the way? He doesn't have any shoes on. His wife does. Yes, no, no, no. No, he has no shoes. He's a you he's not live. He's in withdrawal right now. These people. What shoes are you wearing right now? Whatever, 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 man. Oh. I, 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 I will not confirm nor deny any of that that you're talking about. So this week, my what's up is actually um, a story about Jonathan Strickland who mm. is a 20-some-odd-year-old man from Los Cruces. It has been filed against the city of Las Cruces and five Las Cruces police officers dating back to an officer-involved shooting that happened back in March of 2021. The lawsuit alleges an unarmed man had 90 rounds shot at him by officers in what his lawyers call a military-style attack. The attorney for the city of Las Cruces and the five officers named in the lawsuit say they believe that the officers, they said they believe that Jonathan Strickland was armed, but the attorney for Strickland says it's outrageous. Body camera footage showing how many shots were fired. Attorneys for Strickland say he had at least 12 gunshot wounds. We feel that this was one of the most outrageous shootings uh, that we've seen around the country. I mean, there's some bad ones, but when you have 90 shots at a young man who's unarmed, it can't get much worse than that. Strickland calling for justice. I believe that people need to be responsible for their actions. I want my justice. I was unarmed, but because of Las Cruces Police Department, I now have to live my life in pain for the rest of my life. 
prior to the officer-involved shooting, the New Mexico State Police say that Jonathan Strickland had been accused of threatening his partner. His partner went to the police station and Strickland then arrived at that same station. When Las Cruces police officers tried to detain him, he allegedly drove out of the parking lot and a pursuit began. Now, LCPD stopped Strickland's vehicle by using a pit maneuver and that's when shots were fired. Go ahead, get out! According to the lawsuit, Strickland's partner later recanted her claims of abuse. An attorney for the city of Las Cruces and the police officers saying police were told Strickland was armed. And it's what they were told by Mr. Strickland's girlfriend, the mother of his child, and that Mr. Strickland was armed, that Mr. Strickland had committed a violent felony crime against uh, his girlfriend, pointing a weapon at her head, threatening, uh, you know, basically telling the one-year-old child that your mama's going to die. He survived, and it's not fair to use the word shootout because that, that kind told. of denotes that he was yeah. firing back at the police. But he, he survived the Los Cruces police stopping him, damn near flipping his car over, and fired almost 100 rounds into his vehicle. All because his partner uh, decided to call the police and told them that Jonathan threatened her life with a gun and was going to kill her and then decided to get in his truck and drive away. Mind you, Jonathan did not do that. He did not have a gun. And less than a week later, she recanted her story, basically said that she lied on him. And that's what led the police to literally shoot damn near a hundred rounds at him in his vehicle. If you watch the body cam footage, you would swear it was something out of fucking casino. There are bullets flying everywhere. Look, I don't that's even know awful. how he survived it to be. Yeah, that's awful. I do not know how he survived. And I think it has to be brought up when we have situations like this one where people can somehow weaponize the police against black people and not face any consequences. No consequences. Whatsoever. No consequences. Just, just go on, she just go literally on said, she, she came and she said she recanted. She said, I lied. I lied. And there's no charges for false reports or nothing? No, there's, nope. there's nothing. That's not happen that way. He's he's now there's a federal lawsuit that he's filed against the Los Cruces police and he cannot walk by himself. He's not paralyzed. He's able to stand, but he cannot walk by himself. He was struck 12 times, 12 times and somehow he survived. <coughs> but the slandering of his life that happened after this case, yep. after it came out, you notice, ladies and gentlemen, that anytime one of us is harmed, killed in any capacity, that they immediately begin to question our humanity, whether or not we've done something in our past to deserve this particular treatment. And they begin to call this brother's things and pull up some things that I felt like and will feel like forever had, were had, no had nothing to do on the actions of these police. Not the fucking thing. But this is not uncommon, man. I don't know if you guys remember it. There, I think it was six or seven years ago, there was a couple in Cincinnati who were driving their car in Cincinnati. And I think there was a 
backfire from one of another vehicle or their vehicle. Yep. Basically, it sounded like a gunshot, but it wasn't. Gunshot. This couple started driving. Too. This couple started driving, and the police chased them. Yep. Chased them. They were they were afraid. They were calling family members, telling them how fearful they were because they had all these cops that were chasing them. The police finally were able to stop them and they shot off damn near 200 plus rounds into this vehicle, killed the couple. It was so bad. There was one police officer who literally jumped on the hood of the car, re he jumped on the hood of the car, reloaded and then fired some more into the fucking car. And not one police officer saw any punishment. Of course, just like with Jonathan Strickland right now, Los Cruces police and the district attorney are talking about how there's nothing wrong. Jonathan presented his hands in a way that made the police fear that he had a weapon, even though he didn't have a weapon. Uh, Jonathan presented himself in a way that was threatening to the police, which is why they fired on him. Almost 100 rounds, my guy. 100 rounds, my guy. 100. And we could do the math. You think of a handgun, a typical semi-automatic handgun will hold how many? I know, I know, in, I know. At least in Maryland, they cap it off at ten rounds. You know, ten. And, uh, so police, police two, will probably have between twelve, you know, sixteen possibly. So let's say sixteen. How many times would they have had to reload to get to a hundred? You know, I mean, I refuse to believe that you can't. You know, fire to just disable, neutralize. They fire to eliminate. Well, I mean, that's. I mean, I can understand that. Point. I think that they need. They need to do. They used to use better. I can understand why they shoot the way they shoot. My problem is, there's something called rules of engagement. The military has rules of engagement. You cannot sure. just fire willy nilly. Nope. You cannot just fire because you want to. You've got to go through checks and balances before you let your gun off. And if you don't, police seem to. You you get rep- you're going to face some sort of you're, punishment. You'll face the reprimand. Yeah, but police but police officers there apparently don't have that. No, and never will, ladies and gentlemen. Never will. Crush. Where can folks find you if they want to find you, man? Man, you can find me on Instagram as usual at the Orange Crush. T H E O R A N G E K R U S H. El Caban. Where can folks find you if they want to find you? Head over to uh, head over to Twitter, man. At Elgin Bailey. That's where I'm hanging out most these days. Yeah. No doubt. And I'm Big O, Mr. In the Black himself. You can find me on Twitter and on Instagram at MR underscore In the Black. And I want to thank you guys for joining us for another incredible episode of the In the Black podcast. You could have been, been anywhere else anywhere. in the world. But you're here with us and we appreciate you. Us. Make sure you follow us across social media at In the Black PDCST on Facebook, Twitter, and on Instagram. Come on over to our Patreon. Get the behind the scenes. You will not Come through, niggas. You know, Come through, also, you sure motherfuckers. You're going to see the merch real soon, too. So make sure you check that out. Yeah. But until next time, as always, informed, intelligent, in, in, the, in black. the black. Peace. This is, this is the In The Black Podcast. In The Black, bro. Hands down, one of the best podcasts I ever heard, though. I like that word. Fredricks, what up? I'm afraid I'm black.